Are you listening? Come join us for a DTF quickie. Damn. Uh, Did you guys see the news, the headlines of freaking Fauci? Oh, it was a stupid Bloomberg interview where he's talking about COVID starting back up and then uh, it it's, it's going to be coming out in November and it's going to be on the rage again. I, I mean, try not to tune into Fauci anymore. Golly. I still haven't Dude. read that Bobby Kennedy book. I have it. I just haven't gotten through it. Like oh. I've read like the first few pages, but I'm dying to read that book because that guy is a fraud. And now Pelosi and Saki. So you guys have talked about uh, well, testing Schiff, positive. Schiff, Schiff tested too. positive. Then Pelosi tested positive. Saki was positive. Obama was positive. Hillary was positive. Bill was not positive. Yeah. <laughs> Who's my favorite news Dude. anchor that asked all the tough questions to Jen? And he asked her about... Peter Ducey. Yes. Peter yeah. asked her, I was like, hey, um, he was in, Biden was in close contact with uh, Pelosi. Why was he not um, quarantining for 10 days? And And Jen was like... Oh no! Well, they it was less. It was less than <laughs> ten minutes, even though they were literally cheek to cheek. Yeah. Oh, the hypocrisy! I love it. Like you know, making just out. It's up. like oh, they were really next to each other. Yeah. So uh, we have Derek, who was our celebrity bartender on our last podcast, and um, I know that COVID hits really close home to you. I don't know if you have a story if you want to um, let our listeners know. Yeah. Thanks, guys, for having me. This is awesome. Uh, God bless Texas, greatest state in the union. Woo! Um, Let's go. Yeah, so <laughs> slow clap it up. That was that. That was that. Stars at night, I'm big and bright. It, it's so great. Yeah. Our daughters in school now are learning the pledge to Texas, which I didn't even know was a thing. So that's oh yeah, yeah, a lot of pride. Pew pew. Um, so back in November of nineteen, our family did a Disneyland trip uh, to Southern California, and um, and uh, great time there for a week, and came back, and we're all you know got the flu. Um, obviously COVID wasn't quite a thing yet. So we're like, God, you know, geez, this is kind of a, a long lasting flu. It's day nine, 10. Usually I'm kicking it on day three or day four. Don't really have a fever kind of off and on little body aches. Um, standard flu just has the, the length. So wh- when was this 2019? What month? November? So this was November. What, like the, like right around the time it was Supposedly Actually, starting it, to come to the U.S. It was starting, yeah, it was really starting to pick up in the U.S. I think in January of twenty, I remember seeing the right. papers right after Kobe's death, and like almost a side article was COVID. You know, yeah, starting okay. to surface more right. on the Western Hemisphere. Right, I have a better timeline now. Okay, yeah, no, for sure. Um, so we come back and uh, the first time had it there, so fine. We just did anything of it. We were just at home. We just kicked it. Would have known anything different. So we had. I would say that natural immunity lasts us about two years, almost to the day or till September of 21. Uh, we moved down here and my in-laws, um, me and my wife drove out here first, unloaded into the apartment. And then it was nice. My in-laws flew out our kids three days later. So you migrated from Southern California over here? Northern. Northern California. Northern. Oh, okay. Yeah. About 45 minutes east of San Francisco. It's kind of oh, okay. like there's more rolling foothills, kind of semi-rural. So my wife's from Martinez, California. Oh, yeah. Danville. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I have grew, relatives in Denver. I grew up in Lafayette. I okay. grew up in San Ramon. So, yeah, we're all... Uh, Crossing swords. I know. Yeah. <laughs> all the freedom lovers united. No, we're not. <laughs> we're not crossing swords yet. <laughs> Keep drinking. You don't know what's in those drinks. I know. Slip Sorry. the old... Uh, Straight no. over here to North Texas from Northern California. California yes. Uh, I, don't know. I don't know. I guess there's parts of Northern California that are conservative, oh, but not that it, area. That's right? a thing... The, what really votes California blue is the Bay Area, which I was on the eastern side of, and the whole LA basin, 
and just a lot of sections of the coast. But the whole central part of California, I come from a, a farming and ranching background on my mom's side. We have a farming family farming operation. And the whole central valley of California, which runs from the Oregon border down basically San Diego, is just all rural ag conservative. Yeah. But Bay Area and the LA is just so densely populated, it's enough to you know, outvote all the other huge dairy cattle operations. Huge. There. Yeah. Huge. Like Harris ranch is a big cattle beef cattle operation too, but a lot of dairy. Yeah. yeah. So you moved back here. Yeah. So we moved back here September 21 and, um, my in-laws fly home and everyone starts, you know, feeling symptoms and like, okay, so we go get tested. It's, you know, we've had immunities last us about two years. We're probably getting Delta. And, um, I didn't have fever, cough, none of the lung stuff, but just brutal body aches. All of us had brutal, brutal body aches. Um, and yeah, it was about nine days again. So we're all starting to recover. And, uh, my father-in-law is approaching day 10 when you should be showing signs of on the upswing by then. Right. Um, if not, you're kind of getting the question of debating, going to the hospital and getting checked out, having an x-ray done on your lungs, make sure if it's not creeping in there too far. Mm-hmm. Um, but he had his skepticism of going to hospitals um, and their protocols, I'm sure you guys are aware of. So he had a coughing spell one night that uh, um, felt like his like lung drop, like literally couldn't inhale a breath, worked through it. We said, man, Vince, like, I, I think you should go. He didn't want to. He had his doubts, but we kind of pushed him. And he, um, there's a hospital system, I'm sure Vince knows, um, in California called Kaiser, which mm-hmm. is the hospital. Kaiser Permanente. Permanente. It's the yep. insurance. All your uh, healthcare providers are in-house. You don't it's have behemoth. to go outside. So people yeah. think it's con- convenient because it's just a one-stop shop, but you don't have a lot of um, variety to other outside doctors or PPOs. Um, so I'm naturally, sure they're also bound by rules and regulations yes. within the business itself. Monopoly. The, yeah. It's and as close to uh, government health care as you can it's possibly like get by still yeah. being technically private. Yeah. And you're not forced to, you don't have to use their insurance. You can do stuff, Blue Cross, Blue Shield, but it is all in one. It's very convincing. Monopoly. Yeah, it's convincing. Yeah. They got a good marketing. Um, and uh, so he goes in day 10 mm-hmm. and uh, we convince him to go hospital, call an ambulance after this huge coughing spell. And, uh, what then would start a seven week slow degenerative path eventually down to his death. They put um, him on remdesivir. So first week um, we're in and my wife, uh, so we're here and my wife is on the phone with his doctors probably three hours a day, five days a week, basically trying to tell them to do their job. So they would, immediately asked him to be vaccinated. He said, no, like I've had this before and he's had some side effects to other vaccines in the past, some weird neurological stuff. Um, and right then he knew, he saw the look on the doctor's faces, the nurses, and he's like, I got the sense that I'm going to be treated differently. Mm-hmm. So uh, he still has good hunger at this point, but his lungs are weak from oxygen. Like he can't really get up and go to the bathroom without his oxygen levels dropping into the 60s or 70s, which, you know, COVID was probably creeping into his lungs and he just didn't and, feel it. And this is like two weeks into it. So, so now, he felt that and he, he, yeah. he eventually died seven weeks after being in Ever. the... It was the slowest tort. Yeah. So okay, he... So two weeks into it, he's... He's he's in the hospital, right. started the remdesivir, uh, obviously got hydro, hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, got you even say those words in there. They look at you like, 
you have bubonic plague. I mean, yeah. they will never. Um, he did take that or did it? Didn't. No, he right. was he asking. It, right? He was yeah. asking for it. He was he trying to for smuggle it. it into him, or yeah. So we uh, started remdesivir, and we were researching. My wife, in the meantime, that um, this doesn't really do anything. It counters act some stuff, and it's been dubbed by some medical advocacy groups as part of like this quote unquote kill protocol, which doesn't really help you. They were given a lot of steroids for lung inflammation, but that isn't really the best thing for that. Um, Did they have him on a breathalyzer? Did he need a breathalyzer? Did, were they like uh, uh, like CPAP? a long it, not yet breather? Uh, yes, just breathing just device. the the device Ventilator. that goes into your nose. Ventilator. That's what it's a breathalyzer. I don't know. No, no. Breathalyzer. Cannula. Yeah, he he was on oxygen just through his nose, okay. so he needed oxygen support. But he wasn't on like a ventilator. No, so no, he was okay. conscious. He could talk. Good. He could. Um, it's BPAP or CPAP. It's one of those two. One of those two is what that qualifies. Yes, for. but they gave him the remdesivir. Remdesivir, which for is week, effectively poison. It's effectively poison, and you might be able. It sounds like you might be able to elaborate a little more on on that. But um, yeah, essentially some kind of poison that doesn't do. Well, supposedly Fauci gave remdesivir to a bunch of people in Africa during some sort of trial, and 50% of the trial people died. died. Mm-hmm. Yeah, would not be. Meanwhile, um, it's this go-to of Fauci when COVID hits, and he's like, everyone needs to go on remdesivir. Yeah. Like, what? Um, and look at all like all these people that died. Total, and briefly, he probably didn't know any better, but when Trump was in and had it, he had kind of touted it a little and then stopped because I think he did some more research and realized it probably wasn't the best thing. Um, so back to the father-in-law, we're approaching day 14, not getting better, remdesivir, steroids um, for lungs, and he would start noticing now the neglect in his care. So he would ask for food. You need to keep your weight up. And nurses were starting to take like 45 minutes just to bring him like an applesauce pack. So, and he'd kind of be like a little smart aleck to him saying like, gosh, if your care is as bad as, you know, or takes as long as you bring me an applesauce, I'm never getting out of here. And he would kind of make some little comments. Um, And then just over kind of the course of time, he, um, got a little bit more stable. His lungs would hold their lung capacity pretty well to where if he would get up and move and go to the bathroom, his um, oxygen wouldn't drop too far. It was probably in the 80s, 100 being 100%, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, And they actually discharged him on day 15, 16. He still needs oxygen. He's still kind of recuperating. Um, His oxygen drops a little when he goes up to the bathroom and walks around, but that should come around and they discharge him. So he comes home for five days and he loses 13 pounds in, in five, five days. days. Wow. Now and he's living in California. He's living in California. Right? They brought and him home. Your guys are permanent. Taking Texas care of him. Yes. We're in Texas. Everything's just telecommunication. Everything. Okay. My wife. And he's it, by himself. Uh, no, his wife's taking care of okay, him. Okay. At the house. Okay. Yeah. So she's in the scene. And, um, uh, so, okay. We're clearly saying something's wrong and he's not appetizing any food pureeing food his wife my mother-in-law is cooking all this stuff and he's a uh, he's just not appetizing anything he doesn't even he's not desiring water so kaiser once a week will come and have a an in-home nurse come do like a courtesy check mm-hmm. and when she came she's like all oh, this stuff looks like he's just slowly recouping he still needs to be on his oxygen but he'll get there um not too much improvement in his lungs um but she notices he has a fever slight fever and she didn't think anything of it. She's like, gosh, you know, that's probably just, you know, part of it. It's barely in the 99s. Um, 
nothing to worry about. He'll just keep resting and she'll get better. The next day on day five, uh, my wife and I, which is her dad, um, think something's wrong. You don't lose that much weight in that much no. time, yeah. which is so we even s- like water weight on the beginning of like a, a crash diet. You yeah. Lose 13 pounds when you're five days. cutting yes, weight. Dude. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So we think like just something on that. We think something's wrong. You need to go back to the hospital. You need medical care, but you don't want to go back to Kaiser. So if you call an EMT, they will take you wherever you go and they have to take you at the hospital. So they go to another regional hospital. That's not Kaiser. And, uh, um, so he's in there for another three weeks. Um, and they diagnose him with sepsis, which is basically like a, a poisoning in the Poison blood. The it can blood, go throughout yeah. your organs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. slowly turned them down. It's not caught quick enough. So it was caught quick enough. So he's on this whole regimen now of still nothing for the lung stuff. I mean, even just trying to get him ivermectin, anything could help at this point. But now his lungs aren't healing well because the sepsis is countering that. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah. So he is in there and they x-ray his lungs more and more holes are coming on his lungs. They just never had time to properly heal, uh, given the remdesivir treatment early on and these steroids that didn't do much. Mm-hmm. Um, so they get to a point like, Hey guys, we're sorry. Like he can't, his oxygen levels now drop too much when he tries to do physical activity, just like getting out of the bed, they're dropping to like the sixties, mm. which is bad. It's really bad. Um, yeah. Uh, so we're, they told us and my wife, I remember, and man, I, my mother-in-law was on the phone and my wife and my sister-in-law and just the words and like the screams I heard when they said, I'm sorry guys, but like, we're at the stage of going on a ventilator and man, like it almost then, you know, the lungs are that bad. They can't sustain oxygen levels and you need this to help you breathe. You just sense like the end is coming. Well, yeah. I mean, that's unfortunately the the way it happened for a lot of people they went through that same process and and it took the same amount of time it was a slow and painful death for a lot of people it's so sad that they had to go through it so he was 72 he ran in the uh, senior olympic games which is for like 55 plus in the country where they have track and different um, olympic type events wow um and he won california in his age group for like the 40 yard dash so we went to a couple senior Olympics competitions with him. Fit guy, uh, veteran, Vietnam veteran. Um, so prior on his second hospital stay, before he got on that ventilator, we were thinking of anything to try to get him medication. So we thought about trying to smuggle in ivermectin. Can we bring him a plant? Can we put the pill capsules in cases stuck in the soil? But then we've heard they check stuff. And you're in a prison, these hospitals with COVID. They don't let you in. Yeah. Family or anything, period. Right. So you um, tried going in and they said no. Yeah. So we were um, debating like, okay, maybe we just bring him home. We can give him ivermectin, anything just as a last chance hope. So um, my wife's older sister does pretty well for herself. So we were debating if we hire a pub, uh, a private um, ambulance transportation company uh-huh. to come pick him up. But since my father-in-law can't walk and support himself just to walk out of the hospital, they will release you, but it, which is you have to sign off by saying uh, you're going against medical advice of that hospital. Sure. And right. then you can leave. Um, but he can't walk himself out, which means the hospitals would have to escort him out uh, with their wheelchair. And they wouldn't do that because there's still some kind of liability yeah. on them because you're the one transporting him out the door out of so then we thought about looking like even the helicopters to like 
medevacs. Um, we got attorneys involved, wow. but we learned that uh, in California, you cannot get a court order mandate to force to give a medication to a patient when that medication has not been approved for COVID uh, by the FDA. And ivermectin or most of these are not technically uh, approved for COVID, at least, um, you know, by the by the medical services. So just getting slammed after slammed. And like nobody knows that because no. until you have to figure it out and until then you, you learn out. that that's the policy. When you get stuck in the escape room. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, you are just, when in there, it is their rules there. They own you. It is scary. It's almost like you lose rights, especially with COVID protocols. Family can't come in like, oh, Jesus. So, um, you know, his lungs just never healed from the beginning. Um, and it just gets worse. And towards the end, um, his oxygen, well, needed the ventilator. And once you get to like day 14 on the ventilator, it's odds of improving lung um, quality while on a ventilator is like next to none. Right. So once we hit like day 14 on a ventilator, they tried taking him off to, to wean him off, but that lasted maybe 30 minutes needed uh-huh. to go back on. And now his blood pressure. And so all this too, um, is trying to fight the sepsis off. So you're hoping you killed that off, but did that already go through your body and weaken the rest of your organs, preventing his lungs from healing, you know, better as opposed to not having sepsis. So they give any, did they give him anything for the stress involved with like just dealing with that? It was just a bunch of antibiotics to continue to fight infections for sepsis, Mm -hmm. which would also hopefully fighting sepsis would allow then to organs uh, for organs in the lungs in particular to start healing. So nothing for the mental stress. No, nothing for the, um, no, right. Uh, Blood pressure started dropping. um, So now he couldn't, Old blood pressure without medication help. Um, and it was just this slow, slow degradation of like the human body. And it, it's just sick. Um, what we later learned, the uh, doctor at the second hospital he went to would always give, um, he would meet out, I guess, in the lobby, his wife to give some in-person updates. And he would never look her in the eyes. She noticed like this guy gives me the updates, look his pair, but he never looks me in the eye and tells me stuff. So we later learned is um, Kaiser is floating the bill for this new hospital because he's technically a Kaiser insurance, but they're caring for him. Um, I guess as a favorite so of Kaiser. So Kaiser is dictating onto the protocols of care rules. So our, oh. the doctor new hospital is only doing stuff so you that left, Kaiser is telling them. Yeah. Out of the frying pan into the fire, you went from oh. Kaiser to Kaiser and you didn't even know it. Didn't even know it. Thought God, it was doing. So is their protocol sheep's clothing? So because they're paying the bill ridiculous. at the end. So everything is just to the cost effectiveness, you know? Um, so it came down to the time where he, couldn't come off the ventilator, couldn't breathe off the ventilator. His blood pressure wasn't holding without medication help. Um, so it just came down the sign where his lungs are too shot. They just look like they were shot with a shotgun, holes everywhere. Yeah. And just came down to the point of deciding to, uh, you know, quality of life and when to take him off the ventilator. Yeah. Because he wasn't going to have a normal life. Yeah, never gonna never, get. yeah, he would never get better. <sighs> so the day came, uh, we were here. My wife went back with my wife and kids and... Um, Actually, I had stayed back the day it happened. I was having some procedures done on my heart. I'd recently learned about some genetic stuff in my family, so I was having some precautionary um, kind of ultrasounds done to look yeah, for yeah. stuff that my dad has. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't there the day that they took him off the ventilator. Um, uh, 
but yeah, they did and prepped him and I was on speakerphone and just knowing how that all went down, he had lost, he was 165 pounds. And he got down to like 120 oh. over this whole course. No one would Whoa. give him vitamin C 25%. drips. Yeah. Body weight. That's yeah. He didn't have a pound to lose regardless. I was going to say yeah. if he was a fit guy at 165, 80, no. 70 something like 510, 165. Yeah. Fit guy. Um, so no one would bring him nutrients, no vitamin C drips, no vitamin infusions. That's a fucking crime. It is so sick. And it's a crime. I mean, what are you going to do? Try to sue? I mean, you go up a powerhouse like a Kaiser. I mean, they're loaded with attorneys. What are you going to? Gas chamber, man. Crimes against humanity, man. Nuremberg 2.0. They're talking about it in Europe already, and it's going to come to the United States uh, eventually. And these motherfuckers are all going to burn. So... Horrible. They're, they're really evil. You really see the sick. And I don't want to characterize all healthcare providers no, of as course such because they're not all no. that way. But we saw the ones who were following orders, though. Yeah. They got blood Nurses on their hands. Nurses, too. Oh. They got blood on their hands. All we saw the true evil and despicability in society and some of these workers um, not did. bringing them food. And so, yeah, decided to take him off the ventilator, made him comfortable, give him a lot of morphine. Um, and that was that. So now, you know, appreciate being able to tell a story, but my wife's thing is, is like being able to share this people awareness. This does happen. We have a firsthand account, Mm -hmm. do your homework, call hospitals ahead of time. If you think you might have to go in, know what their protocols are for treatment. If not find somewhere else. Yeah. That was going to be my question. What would, if you can go back, um, what would you guys do differently if anything? Yeah. So I think, and we, I mean, we're really tuned up on COVID now, especially my wife, um, since then, but I think we never would have, cause people are at home, they'll get put on oxygen support. Um, we have another family friend of ours that had COVID and her oxygen would get into like the fifties or sixties, but she stayed at home. She had oxygen support and she eventually came out of it. Yeah. The hospitals are what killed a lot of people. Up with people. The so, ventilator. So I think people weren't dying and, and in And it was houses, desperate. Right? He didn't need the ventilator, unfortunately. I mean, they waited till the last minute. So I think to answer your question, Vince, um, is probably wouldn't have gone to hospital in the first place. Would got, or wouldn't? I'm sorry. Wouldn't. Okay. And just tried and hoped that uh, getting them oxygen through the nose and just rest and giving them ivermectin and uh, a lot of vitamin uh, treatments, uh, he would have come around. So, uh, yeah, it's brutal. Um, man, when you are on speakerphone and you hear... So my mm. wife has two sisters and the mother just let out screams when he passes when none of this should have happened is like, Stuff you never want to hear again. In Can't your life. imagine, man. Um, Sorry. No, thank no, you guys. No. So it just making people, you know, aware now. And uh, well, and yeah, I think our base knows, and we all agree, COVID's it, real. It's a legit oh, thing. It's needed. You know, it's we mistreat, we misdiagnosed, yeah. we mistreated. We just like we yeah. did so many things wrong with it, and mm-hmm. we followed people that didn't know what the fuck they were talking yeah. about and didn't actually follow the science. Yep. Period. Mm-hmm. Full stop. Alternative motives, different things that they've been preaching about for years, been wrong about. Um, I mean, there's videos of Fauci uh, way back where he's talking about, hey, if you've had the flu, there's no reason to go get a vaccine. I recommend you don't I get just the saw flu that too. vaccine. Yeah, I mean, totally. it's flip-flopping constantly. Now it's this weird, this weird agenda. Now we're on a fourth shot, fourth booster, I'm sorry. And it's, no. I think um, even the other side's really starting to understand, like, all right, what, People what are getting else? fed up, dude. They're getting fed up. We They're were getting wrong pissed off. about shutting down the gyms. There's more vitamin D needed. There's more activity needed. And and this is coming from a guy that, you know, I had COVID pretty bad, but I didn't help my situation. I didn't get the 
fuck out of my bed. I mm-hmm. laid there all the time, lost some weight. My body was hurting and I felt weak. But the second I actually forced myself to get out of the bed and I think I ran into Luke or Jeff when I was walking around the block immediately the next the hours later, I felt better. A little bit of sunlight. Yeah. It was bad. crazy. I'm like, why did I start doing this days ago? Yeah, fresh air. I was mad at myself because I was just, you know, succumbing to uh, go from my bed to the couch and then the couch back to the bed. And I was like, oh, I'm tired instead of forcing myself to move around. And I've had some other friends that have had, and they made Facebook posts saying it's amazing. One of the guys fit like us went to the hospital and his doctor forced him to walk laps up and down. He was like, we're not quarantining him in his room. Yeah. That and, was here in Texas. Yeah. It was actually, um, I think it was in Minneapolis. Minneapolis. Okay. Yeah. You, hear, yeah, they, you hear about so many people passing like your father-in-law, uh, that were in such great shape yeah. too. You know, I mean, it's these people that are in phenomenal shape and they that, all, it all happen in the hospitals. Co- man. COVID pneumonia is not really a death sentence anymore. If you're just aware and look and start taking preventive treatments within that first 10 days, and he just hadn't shown these dramatic symptoms yet until day 10, until that huge coughing spell um, to try to take anything, take ivermectin, uh, huge amounts of vitamin C. Um, but his symptoms came on on that day 10 and a little naive to us. We thought like, gosh, you just coughed up a lung, couldn't breathe in the hospital. Yeah. It's so um, important to keep telling this story, Derek. I mean, no. just thank you so much for telling the no, story it's, it's because hard even. the more people that hear that story, they could be coming into a situation that your family mm. was coming into back in September and you could save a life. Yeah. I mean, this, this could literally save a life. It Appreciate it. Man. Do your research before. Yep. Thank you. Love it.